Hi, and welcome to the last episode of the Dyslexia Podcast, and I'm joined with Ms. Stevenson. Hello. And we will be discussing today about what is happening now to make it easier for students with and without learning differences with dyslexia, for example, around the world. Ms. Stevenson is going to bring up the points that are happening in America. I'll bring, I'm bringing up some laws that are passed and are being passed around the world. So let's start with America. What are we doing here? Well, in the last few years, there's been a lot of recognition towards laws passed to both recognize dyslexia, to screen for dyslexia, and then to provide intervention for dyslexia. So in Tennessee, where we live, um, there was a law passed in 2016 that actually requires all the school districts to screen through the process of RTI. And by 2018, there were only eight states that had not um, written laws regarding dyslexia screening and intervention. So yeah. we've come a long way. Yeah. Like those states that don't have um, specific laws defining dyslexia or mm -hmm. requiring that, mm -hmm. there's several countries, based on the research that I was able to find, that do not see learning dif disabilities and dif differences as a real thing or they don't have a law okay. trying to find it. Mm -hmm. One is Chile, another is Italy, Japan, and Poland. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So is it that they don't, they don't recognize dyslexia as a separate reading disability or that they just don't recognize it at all? It's that they don't have a law, laws that are protecting and defining learning differences. Okay. If you don't have a law that the government has passed to make sure to protect those people, then the people are not going to do it. Okay. We need the law to force people to do it, or the good people are going to be overrun by the people saying, no, there's no dyslexia. Right, we're ruled by opinion rather than... Mm -hmm. Or facts, yes. yes. Okay. So in <clears throat> one of the earlier episodes that we were talking about Europe, a new law, since that was passed, since that paper was um, published in 1973, the United Kingdom actually published a the definition of the learning differences that was given in the Education Act in 1976. So they're getting there. It's just you got to find the papers to find that information. So it says that the various acts of parliament, such as Education Act of 1969 and the Special Education of Educational Needs and Disability Act of 2001. So they just passed these things coming out in 2001. Mm -hmm. These acts establish the legal rights for students with special educational needs. And the SEN Code of Practice provides pr practical advice to local educational authorities, maintain schools, early year settings, and others carrying out their statutory duty to identify, assess, and make provision for children's special educational needs. So one thing that you can take away from that, that if in your region, at your school, at your child's school, and they don't have anything to help students with dyslexia, they're probably going to have some in the next 20 years. So Europe is finally getting some stuff out. Schools in Tennessee 
they, when I was in public schools, they didn't have anything for dyslexic students, mm -hmm. but now they do. Right. And keeping in mind that the way the culture of public school education has shifted has created the need for this. So, for example, if you go back 100, 150 years, the requirements to learn in a school setting were much, much different than they are now. And we, you and I talked about this a little bit the other day. Schools have shifted to a place where we are large group teaching. You are required to sit still, be quiet, pay attention, focus, and then you're required to get much of your information through text. And so it's created an environment that made that put the dyslexic student at quite the disadvantage. And so as that culture has shifted, so has the need to recognize that reading and text are not some people's best source yeah. of taking in information. And so it's created the need for the laws and the recognition. Mm -hmm. And you got to remember that schools were originally founded. They were originally created by people who owned factories in the in industrial revolution period thank you history teachers for putting that in my mind that it was these schools were originally created for immigrant children to teach them how to read so that they can work in their factories it's a getting them used to the nine to five job and that is very if you look at pictures from that time those pictures look very similar to what schools look like today it's going to be interest, interesting to see that as we become more aware of how to learn efficiently, what schools are going to look like in the future. Are we going to do more discussion learning? Are we going to do different types of learning, doing more experience-based versus tests? It's going to be really interesting to see. And I think a lot of people are doing it too. You're right. As culture shifts so that the workforce needed shifts, again, it shifted from agricultural agricultural needs to industrial revolution needs. It's shifting now more towards technology needs and looking toward the future, school will shift again to prepare students for the workforce at large. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned experiential learning. In that sense, we're looking back and go and saying, oh, you know, at one point we were doing more learning by experience with trade schools and occupational schools. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need to incorporate that again as we move forward because we research does prove that we yeah. we all learn best by doing and one thing that we need to remember that i think even though testing a student for dyslexia mm -hmm. if it's not the school that's doing it and you need to do it yourself as a parent and it's going to cost money it is very expensive to do it it might go down each in the future but it's still expensive I would suggest to do it. It will, even though you're spending $5,000 today to get your child tested, it will help them so much in the future, it will only help them improve. For example, there's a study that based in six English universities, they know that there's a small minority of students there that have a dis disability, mm -hmm. but the do believe that there are many disabled students who, who are in that class or in these six universities, but they're not wanting to self-declare as disabled. They're not wanting to come forward and be like, hey, I have dyslexic, I'm, I have dyslexia. Mm -hmm. 
dyslexic students are the largest single category of disabled students that are not coming forward because it might be that, oh, I have dyslexia, but I don't want to get the aid I need because that makes me look like a weakling in these huge British universities. Mm -hmm. But you have to remember, I'm talking to the students here who have dyslexia, that getting the help you need, you shouldn't be embarrassed about that. Getting the help you need is just raising you up to the same steps as your peers. You're getting, you're moving to the start line that they're already at. Yes, we often call that leveling the playing field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you shouldn't feel embarrassed. Actually be proud of it because you know yourself better than you did a couple of days ago. Thus, I would suggest all parents or guardians who have a child and you're like, there might be something there that we talked about earlier in this podcast. Get your child tested. If they don't have dyslexia, great. You can learn how they learn, mm -hmm. <laughs> essentially. And they might not have a learning disability. But if they do have a learning difference, then they can get the help they need at an early age. That's an important thing. Get them tested early. Because the earlier you do, the earlier they will get the help they need and be more successful. Right. So you just touched on an important um, mantra of the Dyslexia Association, which is early identification and early intervention. There is a huge window between kindergarten and second grade where if dyslexic students are taught in the way that we know dyslexic students learn best, mm -hmm. that they get a jump start and, and the intervention is much more, um, much more effective. It can still be done later, but that early intervention and identification is really important. And then also the sooner you get the strategies that that student needs in place to learn, you save them the agony of going through years where the gap is widening between mm -hmm. them and their parents. And they feel stupid because they're like, I know this, but I can't express it. Yes. And if you have, because I know we've, I heard about it, I've heard about special schools, mm -hmm. so to speak, where students with disabilities that they can't process correctly in public school systems, they're sent to these special schools. Someone with dyslexia or learning deficit difference like dysgraphia, you don't need to do that. While there are several countries that educate all or virtually all students with moderate to severe learning disabilities in special schools, counting Austria, Belgium, the Czech Republic, Germany, Hungary, and the Netherlands, you don't need to do that. If you catch them early, you don't need to do that. And even if you catch the dyslexia late, you do not need to worry because private schools and public schools are getting to a point where they're doing tutoring by the public school system. But trust the people who are giving you information. Anything you want to say about that? No, I think um, you make a great point. More and more schools are recognizing it. And there are cases where a special school would be needed. Um, dyslexia, like any other form of learning difference is on a spectrum and there are, there are people that have mild dyslexia, moderate dyslexia, mm -hmm. and people that have intense dyslexia where a special school for a time mm -hmm. where they're receiving intervention might be good. But the better route would be for all schools, including public schools, to teach 
in the way that dyslexics learns best because we have found that that is also more than helpful for every student regardless of how they learn. So yeah. the, the structured uh, phonics program with phonemic awareness built in is great for all students learning to read. Mm -hmm. So let's end on the notes of proportions. So based in the United States, based on these statistics, which mm -hmm. everyone you must know, statistics can always change because it based on the population density you're choosing from, or it might increase in the future just because that's how population works in math and calculus. Students, you will learn that in high school. So in the United States, the country where probably the majority of people who are listening to this podcast live in, 5.54% of all students have a learning difference. It doesn't mean to be all of them have dyslexia, but they have some, they're on that scale of having a learning difference. And that might increase in the future because our brains are such a complex system of a computer. Because our brains are a computer, if you think about it. And the more we learn about, the more we're going to know in the future. Anything else you would like to add before we close out? No, I appreciate you um, yeah. allowing me to participate in this discussion. <laughs> All right. This is the last episode to this podcast. And all the resources that I have used are going to be linked down below per podcast episode. So please look down below in the notes if you want to look up some of these resources yourselves. Because we touch, we did not touch on a lot of things that I found. Thank you all for listening and have a good day.